Hello, this is A Quiet Talk with Dan Jones. That's me. This talk today is not for the casual churchgoer. It's not for Sunday morning Christians. If Jesus is just a part of your life, then I don't think this is going to speak to you. I'm not trying to sound super spiritual or holier than thou. I'm just trying to be totally honest about some things God has done in my life. I usually try to give clever titles to these talks to entice people to listen, but not with this one. When I was in college, there was a youth pastor at our church whose name was Ray Talley. He was a man who was seeking God with all his heart. Among other things, he talked about brokenness to us. He was more interested in things like that than all-night roller skating. Ray is now a retired missionary. I'm thankful for the way God used him to touch my life. We humans share a lot of characteristics with the animals. We need to breathe air and eat food. We instinctively seek self-protection. We reproduce. The list goes on. But animals were not made in God's image. They were made by him but not in his image. Man is made in God's image. One of the most significant aspects of the nature that God gave us is our will. While many things happen to us that we have no control over, we do control our response to what happens, and most significantly, our response to God. I think it is a bit awe-inspiring that God has given us the ability to reject him. God could have made us robots. But robots, contrary to some movies you may have seen, do not have the power to love. The capacity for love requires free will. I know my wife loves me because she didn't have to marry me. She could have said no, but she has freely chosen to not only marry me, but to stay married to me through some pretty tough situations. That's genuine love. But while free will is an amazing gift from God, it is also our biggest problem. My fatal flaw is that I want my own way. I can't understand why everybody in the world doesn't want to do things my way. My way certainly seems best to me, but it isn't. God's way is best. And because my will is so strong, stubborn would actually be a better word. It has to be severely dealt with if God's will is going to be done in my life. Every week, Christians pray the Lord's Prayer, which says in part, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Since we are on earth, we are praying that God's will be done in us. Sadly, the vast majority of the people who pray that, I'm afraid, have no idea what they're saying. Do I really want God's will in my life? As a young man, I told God I wanted to give him everything. I remember as a teenager kneeling beside my bed on Greer Street in Memphis and Reading Luke 14, starting in verse 25, where Jesus talks about his requirement that you love him more than the dearest people in your life. He says, And whoever does not bear his cross 
and come after me cannot be my disciple. I remember saying to Jesus that I wanted that. I wanted him more than anything, and I was ready to sacrifice anything and pick up my cross and follow him. As a teenage boy, I I meant that as much as I was able to understand what it was all about. I want you, to, want you to know that Jesus takes us at our word in times like these. It is his spirit that is working in us, even if we don't fully comprehend all we're getting into. The idea of man's will and the cross of Jesus are intimately connected. To be all that God wants us to be, that stubborn self-will of ours has to be dealt with. The remedy is the cross, and that cross of Jesus has many modes of expression in each of our individual lives. When I was in my early 30s, I went through an experience of real brokenness. I had been a pastor for a couple of years. Getting to preach every Sunday had been my dream and my ambition. I I loved preaching more than ice cream. But because of my own failure, I had to step away from that pulpit. I thought at the time that my ministry was over. I would have to find a different career. During that time, I went hunting with a man in that church. It was a cloudy, overcast day in the woods. I wasn't much interested in hunting. My mind was on what was happening in my life, what seemed like the end of my gospel ministry. The weather that day mirrored what I felt inside my heart. I was alone in my spot there. My friend was somewhere else. So I unloaded my rifle and laid it on a tree stump. As I looked up at that leaden sky, the words of Isaiah 64 came to me. With all my heart, I looked up to the heavens and prayed these words to God. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at your presence. I said, God, if you would only come down from heaven now, come to me and help me. Show me the way. Tell me which way to turn. Give me some hope. I was broken. I felt that my ministry was over, and I had nobody to blame but me. I didn't have much hope. By the way, my wife was about to have our fourth child, a minor detail. Before God can use us, he must break us. We must reach the point where it seems that we are totally helpless, that none of our visions are ever going to come true. All hope is gone and that it's all our fault. Now, this is not the happy, sappy Christianity that you may encounter in some Facebook memes, but it's real. You see, I really have nothing to offer God and He that he doesn't already have. He has all power, all wisdom, all righteousness, you name it. I have my sin and failure. When we say Jesus is the answer, that's not just a slogan. It's the truth. It's not Jesus plus what I've got. It's only Jesus. But in his love, he has chosen to work through earthen vessels, clay pots to be more blunt. And the only way he can work through us is to break our stubborn wills. 
If we set out to follow Jesus with all our hearts, he will lovingly lead us to this place of brokenness. He will lead us to Calvary. A few days before Jesus was crucified, he attended a banquet in the village of Bethany near Jerusalem. Mary, the sister of Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead, came in and she had an alabaster flask that was filled with very fragrant and very expensive ointment. She broke the flask and this precious oil flowed out onto the head of Jesus Christ. He was blessed, but so was everybody there as this sweet odor filled the room. That alabaster flask was itself a beautiful and precious thing. It would have made a nice ornament over the fireplace. But what was important about that beautiful flask was what was on the inside. The ointment was what mattered, but it could only come out when the lovely outward container was broken. Our lives are like that container. We want to protect and preserve ourselves, our dreams, our ambition, ambitions. But inside we have a precious treasure, the Holy Spirit of God. He wants to bless Jesus and also bless this hurting world. But that treasure can only come out when we are broken. This stuff might sound scary and unpleasant to you. I assure you that the times of brokenness in my own life weren't fun. But I can tell you with all my heart that I wouldn't trade what God did in my life in those times for a thousand worlds of solid gold. And that's because what I have is worth infinitely more. I have an eternal possession that can have no earthly price tag. I wish I had time to go on, but I pray that somehow the Holy Spirit will take the power of this message and transmit it from my life to yours. The blind hymn writer Fanny Crosby wrote these words in the hymn called, I am thine, O Lord. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord, by the power of grace divine. Let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. Jesus, I pray these words will take root in some soul today. Amen. My dear friend, we appreciate your prayers as we are endeavoring to plant a new work for Christ in the Schenectady, New York area. Our fellowship, which we call Bread of Life Anglican Church, meets at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady at the American Legion Hall there at 10 a.m. on Sunday. And if you don't have a church home, then we invite you to come visit with us. As always, you may reach me by email at father.danjones at outlook.com. God bless you.